I am so sorry for what your daddy passed down to you. But I wanted a child, the greatest gift of my life. I'm visiting my mother tomorrow. It's mom. I'm just calling to say that I'm so, so, so excited to see you tomorrow. You're my angel and I love you. Okay. I love you. Okay, bye, sweetie. I love you. Are you at the airport? I'm on my way. I just... It's not safe, is it? What do you think I should do? I'm sure you'll do the right thing, sweetheart. <laughs> Welcome back. I hit you with my car. What? I know. What? What is this? That's my little assistant health monitor. Feeling sad about going home, Bo? Must feel totally unreal. I'm supposed to be leaving. I don't know if that's gonna happen. You will walk many miles. Dozens will become hundreds. Hundreds will become thousands. Your adventures will continue for years and years. I need to get home. I know. Do you want the truth now? Welcome to Movie Humpers. I'm Bob Sham. I'm Angela. The sounds you hear are dogs. Or chairs. The chairs are dogs. Or our house. Or the house. And um, yeah, this is our... At the movies edition. At the movies. That's our. Thing. And we watched uh, Bo is Afraid, which has become a very. It just released this past weekend. We saw it at our Bell Court, our home artsy fartsy theater. We love it. Love it. We love watching our artsy fartsy We're movies. Members. We, we love them. We love watching old movies mm-hmm. that came out years ago. And Vertigo that, recently was that, one of the best. That's things. what's great about independent theaters is like that you can do shit like that. Yeah. That there's something magic and if you got one near you, mm-hmm. you should support it by going or becoming members or whatever. Uh those kind of if you're into movies like we do, those are kind of like the best places to do things. Yeah. And the Bell Court where is like in the middle of a very expensive part of town. Yeah. But it's not expensive. No. It's cheaper than going to a regular movie. It is, it is. So you can see classics, new deep cut stuff. Our tickets are extra cheap because we're members. Yeah, but I mean, if you... still, regular tickets are not that bad either. Honestly, if you think about it, like, because we're members, we probably pay more than the average person. It's a good deal, though. I mean, unless people go, like, over and over again. We we don't go as much as we wish we did. We have upped it, though. Mm. I went even more than you this last year. Mm-hmm. 
Because I went to Now it's a fucking competition. Weekend okay. by myself. I went and saw Blue Velvet by myself. Yeah. I went and saw Coal Miner's Daughter with one of my you friends. You did not see Blue Velvet by yourself. I was with you at Blue Velvet. No, I saw Mulholland Drive by there you myself. Go. Thank you. Sorry, David Lynch. And I really enjoyed watching Blue Velvet I in the theater. You. David Lynch. Yes. Oh my God. Don't love I've him. Never seen it. Don't love him too hard. I hear he's kind of weird. But I don't love him too hard. As an artist. Yes. I appreciate go. his work. That's true. We do. We are fans. But uh, we'll keep you at an arm's length at the same time, buddy. We don't want to do your like uh, transcendental meditation thing. It seems a little the way you go about it. It seems weird. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you shouldn't. Charge people to teach them something that's going to better their lives. Essentially, they got to give you. As you do. Essentially, you're giving them a word to think about, right? And that how it works. They give you your your mantra or whatever they call it in transcendental meditation. What transcendental? Trans transcendental. It's transcendental. What word do you think David Lynch would give you? Oh, because I have no idea because no one will ever tell. So I don't know what they are. It Maybe could like, be like Heineken. Maybe Heineken. It could be Heineken. It could be Skidamarinky Dinky Dink. I don't know. I don't know how it is. It could be. Who knows? One-Eyed Jacks. You just say One-Eyed Jacks in your brain over and over. Bo's Afraid. Kind of a, it's a divisive movie as I've been seeing online. Because I haven't read anything about it because I still haven't formed my own opinion <laughs> our phone and our computers hear everything we do so i get a yeah. bunch of like pop-up ads and also i look up movie shit all the time so i get it Fair. so like i go and i look and it's like oh here's all the bows afraid shit so what's the general consensus uh it's weird and people are confused yeah i think my what i said to uh one of my friends was it's extremely weird and so interesting and sometimes funny i think it is it is funny and is scary she yeah. actually said like you know they're touting it as like an um an epic story is like what the preview is kind of saying the tagline to the to the little movie ad we got on our Belcourt flyer oh, right. made it seem like he was going to go on an adventure his worst fears inform his greatest adventure or something along those lines yeah but Adventure is a strange word. There's also been apparently comparisons I've been seeing to a movie we haven't seen yet that we should probably watch soon. Mm-hmm. The winner of the best picture at the oh, Oscars. Oh, yeah, everything, everywhere, all at once. But the comparison seems to be when these certain scenes in which seem to be like someone animated or something. Like, it, like these movies have similar things in which, like... Everything is one way, and then you go into another way, and it's like these different types of media stylistically changing to to a to a hard way. At times, he looked like he was in a painting. Yeah, and those scenes were very good. And uh, for at the movies, we make it a point not to give no much away. I don't I don't uh, anticipate being this a long episode of at the movies, but uh, yes, yes. Well, what I was gonna say, what I was saying was that you know. This friend I was talking to saw it at the same time that we did. Mm. And she had only seen a preview for it at another Belcourt show, and she'd seen that tagline. Mm. And so she thought she was going in to see something very fantastical and possibly, like, happy. Mm. Or at least, like... But you got to remember who the director is. Well, she's never seen those movies. Oh, really? I don't think so. Oh. Um, I could be wrong, but, but she actually, no, it may be she has, but just the way it was. And even the cinematographer at the beginning talking about how, like he wrote 
Ari Aster did this movie. He wrote this before he wrote uh, Hereditary and Midsommar. Yeah, yeah. And so even then she was like, maybe, you know, maybe it'll still be like more fantastical and more adventure And she was like, it's a total horror film. <laughs> and I was like, I understand why you would say that. I wouldn't that, say total. But I wouldn't say total horror film. Well, I don't know if she said total, but she was definitely like, but I would still say it's horror. I There were some horrific moments. For sure. sure. So it's like a fantasy horror dark comedy. But with an Ari Oscar movie, there's at least one fucked up thing that's going to happen. And someone's going to... It'll probably happen to their face or head. Head. Yeah, something's going to happen to someone's head. Yeah. That's just... And I think it did. Face or head. Yeah, yeah. Like someone... Well, it was alluded that someone had their head smashed in in this one. Mm-hmm. So this movie is kind of split into four acts, right? Mm-hmm. It's Bo is played by Joaquin Phoenix. Amazing. He's a very he's like a very medicated basket case. He apparently uh was conceived after his father came for the first time and his mother, and then the father immediately died. Yeah. That's the so, story that he's been told since he was little. So Bo thinks that if he busts he will die. So he's never even jacked off. Yeah, that that is the implication here. And there are clues. You don't. There are parts of the movie where you see his balls, and they're huge. Huge. Best part of the movie is seeing his balls. The first time you saw his balls, it was just the bottom of his balls, and they were close to his knees. And I literally was like, "Are those balls?" I gotta so low. I gotta be honest. I was a little off put when we first saw his balls, and you stood up and clapped in the theater. (laughs) I was just reenacting. You just love Joaquin, <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix. I mean, I do. I think he's a great actor. We see Bo living in this apartment building, and the outside world of the apartment building is... Chaos. It's essentially what, like, conservatives have claimed that cities are like... Yes. Since marijuana has been decriminalized. Yes. They just kind of make shit up. And now, like, honestly, um, well, you know, I think... You know, sometimes, like, getting your car broken in a lot. But as far as, like, dangerous cities, the cities that are kind of dangerous or parts of them are dangerous have been like that for decades. So, yeah, totally. like, But it is just this very overwrought, like, idea. extreme. But that's what I was, like, thinking. And, it, and it's funny because, like, every demographic of a kind of a person is hanging around this chaotic scene. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, there are cops. They're just sitting over there talking to a lady. Mm-hmm. There are people of all races. There's people just kind of like. They're like people in suits at one point too. Like there's like businessmen even and it's a, around it, there. And it it is a very hyper cynical society that is betrayed here. There's a part where a man is going to jump off a building oh, yeah. and he tells Bo, he's like, yeah, it's so funny that we're trying to get this guy to jump off a building. Another so. guy standing next to him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so that's. And he's recording the whole thing. And Bo uh, has to go see his mother, but it doesn't work out. We won't get into the details of that, but yeah. it gets him upon his journey, the revelation of a phone call he gets. Yeah. But he goes through some fucked up shit, essentially gets hit by a car, takes us to our second act, which uh-huh. stars uh, Nathan Lane, and I'm forgetting the other oh, actress's name. Amy something? No. It is Amy something. 
Oh, she's so good. Our she, scroll is coming up. She I'll was keep the only good part of the last half of The Office, the American version. Yeah, she was like Michael Scott's uh, like HR girlfriend. Yeah, the, the one good girlfriend, the good one that managed to stick around. And let's be honest, did Michael Scott really deserve a good girl? No, we saw her you know? in something where she was a cop, I think, too. Yeah, that sounds. She plays very interesting roles. She shows up in very interesting places. That sounds. That sounds right. That sounds right. So here's the scroll: Joaquin Phoenix, Patty Lapone, Nathan Lane, Amy Ryan, Amy Ryan, Parker Posey. Those are the kind of the core, yeah, like notable actors we see in this. There's movie. a lot of people. Well, no, I guess those are the ones, but it just it seems so it it seems so odd sometimes when you see like Nathan Lane. I was also thinking about Nathan Lane today. I won't sidebar too long. The man has not aged in like forty years. That's true. He looks exactly he looks the same as like, he did in the nineties. In the birdcage, it's, it's might exactly. as well be birdcage Nathan Lane. That was the touchstone I was thinking about today. I was like, when he walked the out producers. in that movie, he looked like he did in the birdcage. And also, like him and Patty Lapone, like theater giants in this movie. Just... Interesting casting. I I feel like the casting was really well done in this. The movie. casting was amazing. And not what you might expect. And mm. that's what was so amazing about it. And also, like, Patti Lapone, I would watch Patti Lapone mop the fucking floor. I mean, it's long been established that, like, anything she's in, uh, she'll elevate. Yeah. I mean, she is just that good. Times 100. And you know more about her than I do yeah. because you're more aware of the theater stuff. Sure. And I've only seen her in scattered, ton, scattered lately, yeah. uh, film and TV stuff. Mm -hmm. But, uh, so the second act, Bo is fucked up and he's being taken care of by Amy Ryan and Nathan Lane. Her husband. And they have a daughter who is off her fucking shit. And yeah. then, and they, and they, they seem to make it known that they kind of take care of people. And like, they had a son that died in a war. Yeah. So it's almost like they're trying to take care of other people. Yeah. But to fill this hole, but they've sort of ignored their daughter in the in the process. But there's a constant tension in that in those particular in that particular act because if you know anything about Ari Aster, mm. like you don't tr because if you if you're aware, you don't trust anybody. You don't trust anything. No, and you're just waiting for the shoe to drop, and shoes do drop. But I will say, like, well, it might be a challenging thing to say because there are some like jaw dropping. I was like, about to what, say there's some crazy the what drops. the fuck shit. Yes. But it just seems to be more evenly dispersed. Yes, I do agree with that. Than a lot of his and and Hereditary and Midsummer, those are there's nothing complicated about those movies. They're you can understand them, right? Yeah, I would say there's more to Midsummer. The themes are maybe kind of advanced, but like it's yes. not it's not something you shouldn't be confused watching those movies, really. No. Shouldn't. Unless you're just completely dumb. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, uh you don't appreciate and there's a storytelling and film and there's this guy who was his their son's war buddy who lives on the property who is off his fucking shit everyone around here is a little bit crazy except maybe amy ryan one thing that um ari aster uh does that i actually love is that like especially in this particular movie he frames a shot around something that's going on mm -hmm. and in the corner of something there's always like something else happening back in, in the background the you see a person walk through the window you see a sh something go over here there's something that seems to be like foreboding even if nothing actually happens in that moment yeah i don't think this is spoilery but there's a part where bo's on the phone in the foreground 
and he's outside and you see someone like running around in different parts of the back of the scenery mm -hmm. like the whole time he's on the phone it's very yeah it's very interesting the way the shots are framed the we actually at where we saw it we saw like an intro by the cinematographer yes pavel is i forget his last name it's on the it's on the scroll it was very personable because it was very it didn't seem as though he'd like rehearsed or prepared what he was not at all he just talked about him and Ari, and he's done all his movies with him since grad school. He was like, he was thinking. Or AFI or wherever they he were. Was, he was kind of uh, putting over the uh, the type of theater that we were in to watch the movie and how oh, it was yeah. to go there. And then he revealed that this was only like Ari Aster's second ever screenplay. Yeah. And it took him this long to get to it. They, he basically said that they couldn't get this one off the ground like people were like oh it's brilliant but it's too much money to make or we're not gonna be able to do it or we're not you mm -hmm. have proven yourself sort of right and so then they when they went ahead and switched to hereditary the idea was we're gonna do a horror film because people will pay for horror because horror makes money yeah and they're not wrong and midsummer has that same kind and of Midsummer vibe. has that same vibe but midsummer is sort of a good transition into this though i think like it's interesting if you think like hereditary to midsummer to this that actually sort of makes more sense to me than if this had come first ari aster has kind of popularized the the notion of intellectual horror yes and it's my favorite thing and it is a and there there does seem to be some divisiveness about it regarding it where some people will be like hereditary is the kind of horror I like maybe for people who aren't obsessed with horror mm -hmm. completely, but you like a lot of horror. I do. <laughs> but, but like a lot of people who maybe prefer traditional horror, I've heard kind of like go in kind of be a little bit more dismissive of Ari Aster as someone who, you know, has a very broader interest in movies. Mm -hmm. I would say that I like Ari Aster. I do. And I've, I've, I haven't. I've yet to watch anything he's made. I think we've only seen, not seen his very first movie. That's I think the only that's one it. we have, and we need to. It's something like Meet the Johnsons. Something with the Johnsons. Yeah, we need to. I, I've read about it. I'm not telling you about it. We should. We should maybe watch it for this. I don't know if it's full length. Well, we always have something to watch for this. You know, we'll, yeah. I guess well, we'll we can figure watch it that for fun out. then. For funsies. I fit, I said for this because that's the way to get you to watch something because then we can record about it because I can't imagine us watching a movie just for fun in between all the things I'm, we have to watch. I right know, now. but I got to watch my wrestling and the the NBA playoffs are right now. So <laughs> okay, and, well, Drag Race All Star starts <laughs> on the twelfth. <12th>, so. Exactly. <laughs> We're gonna get to a lot of shit, and also we get flashbacks of Bo, and there is a balance. There's a thing where. I wouldn't call them dream sequences, but there is like almost like he has these visions, these induced visions mm -hmm. or flashbacks. And we see Bo as a kid yeah, with, with his, his mother, and he has a particular relationship with a young girl mm -hmm. that means something later in the movie. Mm -hmm. And it's he's just like this the ultimate helicopter mom and the very and this very strange kid who thinks that yeah. he will die if he ever comes she's one of those moms that is trying to be your friend until she wants to be your mom yeah and she's trying to control him by acting like she's not controlling him like basically she seems like the kind of mom who would be like you want to smoke a cigarette i'll get you a cigarette and then you're like oh no i would never you know <laughs> like she seems like that kind of mom but like very but there's an undercurrent always of manipulation. And so you don't really 
I didn't really trust what she was saying a lot of times. But then sometimes she would, because she'd start to say something, you'd be like, oh, this is a sweet little relationship. And then she would be like, and by the way, your father died inside of me. Like, it's just. We're, we're, we're introduced to her through phone calls and she sounds yeah. kind of like just a regular mom, just sad that she doesn't get to see her She's son. She's disappointed that he's not going to come down the trip. And that's. My and then, mom would have probably sounded the same and, and got off the phone with me too. And then we learned more and more and more about the complexities of their relationship. And their last name was Wasserman. And they lived in Wasserton. And they lived in Wasserton. And that is like essentially the nature of the humor of yeah. that is like little shit like that. Yeah. And like the graffiti on the walls that are like in the apartment building he's in. Yeah. Some of it looked like graffiti I would have done when I was like eight, uh, 17 years old yeah. or something. Yeah. And. So our third act, Bo uh, man, uh, is in walk, he, running through the woods. Yes, finds himself in the woods. And he finds himself with this group of people who are dressed like animals, and they put on these performances. Yeah, they all wear costumes. And they put forth this performance. And, of course, after seeing Midsummer, you're like, okay, what the fuck's going to happen here? You're going into a forest cult. Uh, that appears to be a forest cult was like, well, we've seen this before. Who's gonna Who's gonna get their face turned into hamburger? And the camera like is slow is like completely focused on it. You know, who knows? But that wasn't a spoiler. Bobby's just making shit up now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they're but they put on this performance, and Bo kind of embodies the performance. He kind of loses himself in the story, and and, and his that, mind goes off on his own adventure. And that's where you see kind of the more animated scenes in the trailer. Mm-hmm. And so I, it doesn't spoil anything to bring that up, but that no. is where we see it. It encompasses this act, almost like interpreting like kind of some level of tragedy, family, and normalcy that uh, mm-hmm. Bo would prefer to have. Like it's not like a story without struggle, but it's oh, a no, story, it's a story but, with a lot of struggle. But you got the but you got the feeling that Bo would gladly take this story over his actual life. Yeah, and so he kind of embodies himself in it as he's listening to it yeah and then then the fourth act uh Bo goes home he goes home yeah and stuff happens at home and stuff happens and i don't at think home. we can talk about that bit at all and we won't but that is the fourth act is Bo kind of going back to the place he grew up yeah where his mother is and kind of what he learns while he's there and there about are, himself and there are revelations yes. here there's also this undertone of like because it's described as a surrealist black comedy yeah so i get that if something is surreal then you kind of struggle to know what is real and what isn't well and i feel very confident about some things especially at the end whether or not it's real or not Yeah, i agree but there are some things that seem like there's no way that's real but i wish it was absolutely and that that's kind of the thing i want to talk about the most is just I don't think you can know. And I feel like Ari Aster rode this line that was so, it was such a fine line that he rode between reality and absurdism that I can't tell you positively anything that was absolutely real. Like, because they also, you know, they make it very clear that he's on all this medication. He's on, he's got a lot of anxiety and he's been on medication pretty much his whole life. Also, the doctor puts him on a new medication. He's also very paranoid. He's worried that everything's going to kill him. All rooted in this whole, like, if he nuts, he's going to die thing. I think he's then just afraid of everything. But his mom even picks at him about that at one point. Like, you're just asking everybody if the things are going to kill you. Like, she kind of was disappointed that he was weak, I think. 
because she wanted him to be like the strong man because she was a strong woman. Yeah. Single mother, independent businesswoman who like took charge of things. And so I think that the fact that he didn't disappointed her and that he never even showed what job he had, but he lived in this like shit apartment away from her. And she would have probably rather him just stayed home forever. You know, she was that kind of mom. But yeah, there's these moments where you wonder, is this what's actually happening or is this just his perception? Like the city at the beginning, I think is sort of the best example of like, that could be real, but if it was, it was... he would almost be in like a superhero villains, like lair sort of city. Like it was unbelievably it was, like Gotham. It, it's an extremity. Yeah, it was so extreme that sure, I'm sure there were aspects of that, but it does make you think like, was it heightened because of his paranoia? Was it more what he was seeing than what was actually happening? And when we talk about how things we don't know what's real or what's not, I don't mean it's. I wouldn't call it like a cop out in terms of the things no. you see, no. because there's there's some things that seem kind of obvious, but there's other things that you don't know because things physically happen yeah. to him. Yeah, and I interpret that as being real. I do too. He gets hit by the car. He gets stabbed in the hand. Like, there's something about it. Mm-hmm. But I I think in my mind, you know, the things that I think are obviously not real seem kind of obvious to me. Mm-hmm. But there are things that, like, I'm just going to assume is real just to play up the black comedy aspects Definitely. of what we're seeing. Yeah. Because in my mind, as fucked up as some of the things I'm thinking about or that I'm alluding to are... I want it to be real because mm-hmm. there's just something like just so fucking wild about that. Mm-hmm. But it is definitely, um, this is, this is a movie. I de- like anyone who has seen this movie, I would like to know what they thought about it. I don't care if they liked it or not. Mm-hmm. I, it, it doesn't matter. I'm just curious as to what they took from this movie. You know, I, I never, I don't know if I've ever said the sentence I'm about to say before. I would watch this movie with a director commentary. I would watch all of his movies with a director commentary. I would want to know what he would want me to know. He might not tell you shit, but I would be interested. I I hope he wouldn't. I would be, yeah, but I'd be interested to know what he would talk about. Like, would he talk about the way he shot these scenes? Because there's, some of the angles on this stuff too is very interesting. It's It's so, so it's very well shot. Like, some of these people, even in 2023, will do like swooping circular shots in their movies and it's like what the fuck are you doing i don't know how some people get money (laughs) to do the things they're doing i don't know how these people have jobs sometimes or or editors i don't know you could say this about this movie because i don't know if this is necessarily a movie that's going to make all the money back this movie but we'll see is so interesting it's different it's so weird and interesting that's all i can I just, I'm I'm fascinated by it. I want to watch it again because I know there's stuff that I didn't pick up on because there was so much stuff. And that's actually one thing the cinematographer said that I loved. And he was like, watch this film and look at everything. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, what am I not seeing? Because I know there's things I didn't see. Everything felt, every all the shots felt so deliberate. And yes. Thought, and thought uh, thought about. Nothing, like, you know, every word on those walls was important. There's nothing that seemed very casual about Mm-mm. this movie at all in terms of how it's put together and how it's made. And props to all the acting involved. You notice that Joaquin Phoenix, 
he he constantly held his body like this like he pushed his shoulders up he made himself constantly tense because this dude's never nutted in his whole life mm -hmm. his balls are giant because of it of course he's tense mm -hmm. And uh, think of Joaquin like holding that like for it so had to be long. Painful. Yeah, that doesn't feel good. No. So he really kind of he really just embodied this physical aspect of this character. Hey, he's a good actor. I was also very impressed with the child the child actors in that. Yeah, yeah. The young beau and the little girl that he mm. had the relationship with, but also the daughter of the, the couple. couple that she she was she, very funny to me she was so funny there's a scene with her and her friend and Bo in the car yeah that was fun too i thought i really thought it was funny in the 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 scene in the brother's room we won't yeah we won't uh we won't. okay yeah i did <laughs> no i get it i get it i get it it's because crazy. she's totally wrecked and mm -hmm. like oh I know. But, yeah. Um, but I'm glad, you know, right after I got out of the theater, I was like, you know, it was just so, like, I don't know what to think about this movie. And then as I kept going and I felt like I understood it more as, like, we chewed it around. Yeah. And I don't think it's as com complicated, honestly, as long as you understand the, the vagueness of reality. It's interesting because these women that he interacts with, these mothers that he interacts with, like, his mom is the one who's going to, like, give you absolutely everything except probably genuine love, right? Amy is a mother who cares so much that she's caring for people that are not her children but neglecting her actual child. And then the woman in the forest is a pregnant woman yeah. who is not yet a mother, but he connects with her the most. Mm -hmm. You know, like he gives her a present that was meant, you know, for another purpose. Like he gives her something like of his own that later comes back around again. But like, it's just interesting. And then, and then in his adventure fantasy, this woman that's meant for him has no face. What kind of relationship? You can't even imagine what that would look like. What kind of relationship does Ari Aster have with his mother? I mean, listen. All right. Well, I don't know. We hunt movies around here. Yes, we do. And um, Jesus Christ, I'm gonna hump this movie one through five times. You're gonna hump you it like it. it's the first time you've ever humped, and you might die after. <laughs> we will after I bust at the end of this record uh, at the end of this episode. I will die. Um, this episode can never end. And we will combine our one through five scores yeah. for best out of ten, and we will rank it. Yep. Can do you mind going first? I think I'm just gonna say four. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm so glad I watched it. I'm still so confused by it, but it was gorgeous, and it was so well acted. Four sounds good. Uh, I think I'm gonna go um, a four point. Two five. I think if I had to give a big criticism, it was like, and you know, everything worked and everything. Um, I won't say it didn't drag at times. It's a pretty long movie. It is. Seems like so many movies are long now. So many. And I liked, I liked the story it told, and I liked the nature of what it was saying and all the, what it, all the things it was alluded to, the the humor about it. But you know, maybe we didn't need to see. Um, Bo walking in that story as long as we did, or maybe we, you know, yeah, like no, uh, for sure, it's a patient movie. It is, and and you know what, and and 
maybe I get my ass it gets a little sweaty and tired uh, with sitting in a theater. My chair. back was hurting in the last like bit. act of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but that doesn't mean we didn't like it. It totally. just it just meant we got a little squirmy. Yeah. As we were like uh getting out of the forest scene, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because there's there's definitely moments where it's like, well this definitely seems like it's wrapping up here. This mm-hmm. is a climax. And then you got a whole other scene and then a whole other scene. You know what's interesting though, and I won't I won't give away what it is that happens, but there is a moment in the second act where you're sort of preview the third and fourth act yeah, yeah. in a way. So it is kind of telling you like, oh, you've got like two more bits of this story coming, but but you don't realize it at the time. So you take your four combined with my four point two five, that is an eight point two five. That's an easy A tier. Hell yeah. So let me do the favorite part of the show where you watch me type something. <laughs> where does this fall? This is um this is ties with Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. <laughs> Put this one above it. I will. <laughs> I will say that um Bo is afraid. Is Akira like Akira is two uh, five above it? A point two five yeah. above it. Mad God is point five above it. Okay. You know, and Cold War got a nine. I would like to know what Ari Aster you, thinks of Mad God. You're where I bet maybe I like bet it. he likes it. You are you're welcome to change your score if you want to up until the end of the episode. I mean, mm. and I can too. I've done that mm. before as well. I'm I'm not saying you need to. I'm just throwing it out. I think I'm gonna stay with a four because I agree with everything that you were saying. There actually is a thing in the movie that they do that is confounding to me. Mm-hmm. That I kind of wish hadn't happened. Sure, sure. So I'm gonna keep it at a four. Oh, not a six. I think you know what I mean. And if anyone else has seen it, you also know what I mean. But I'm not gonna say it. Yeah, I do think like if you're someone who's like, I don't really like those Ari Aster movies. Don't that, watch this. Yeah, movie. don't watch this one. But if you like you're really them, not gonna like this, I can watch this movie. Yeah, yeah. But also, like for me personally, I know we're not doing it, but Midsummer is a five. Oh, you love Midsommar's she, a five. She fucking loves that movie. That, that she fucking wants, movie. She wants to put me inside a bearskin no, and burn I me don't. alive. I would marry you out in the woods, and we would get thrown off the mountain at seventy together. <laughs> all right, uh, what do we say when we say goodbye? Death to all traitors. Death to all traitors. <laughs> Folks, thank you so much for listening to Movie Humpers. If you want to experience us in ways other than audio, I would recommend subscribing to the Movie Humpers YouTube channel so you can see our beautiful faces and all the visual jokes you might not hear on the podcast. Also, you can watch us in our rawest form by subscribing to your very own Bob Sham over at Twitch. I'll probably change it to Movie Humpers or something soon. It just won't let me right now. So for now, it's your very own Bob Sham over on Twitch. The plan is to stream our movie discussions live, and you can watch us there uh, before I edit things out that make me look bad. You can also contact us over at moviehumpers at gmail.com, or you can follow our mediocre social media on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again, and death to all traders.